Hey guys, what's up, man? Welcome to the Great Cave. It's uh, your man's Kovu. I got Monty here. What up, what up? <laughs> uh, how's it going, bro? It's going good, it's going good, man. I know I know we're we're struggling with some sleep issues too, both of us. So that, <laughs> yeah. that definitely needs to be addressed. It really does, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of uh, my bouts with insomnia because um, I want the energy to be right. But ultimately, consistency is important. And uh, there's a lot going on. And, um, yeah, man, there was no way we could miss out on, um, you know, touching on some of these uh, topics that, that are close to many hip-hop fans' uh, hearts uh, across the world. You know, hip-hop is an international thing. And uh, we've just been hit with a wave of negative news this past two weeks, like, nonstop. <laughs> like, there's hip-hop fans can't even, like, grieve. Like, assuming you're a fan of the King Vons, the Mo 3s, and all that, like, people don't even have time to grieve because there's already something new popping up and it's like us oh, it's just yeah there's yeah. never a lack of news and it's sad it seems like like a whole generation has been you know has been dying pretty much when it comes to rap because you know there's a every era has uh you know the the kind of the freshman lineup that's like the popular lineup and it seems like half of them are kind of dying in the streets man it's sad that's true. And the other half are becoming like irrelevant or the other half are becoming overly or half of that half is are becoming like overly reliant on antics, like say the little pumps and stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's not looking too good for, for a lot of our newer acts that are, um, you know, attempting to, to make a name and a mark on, on this sport we call hip hop, this culture we call hip hop. But um, with all that being said, man, I guess we'll start with a, uh, Rapper Mo3, rest in peace to him and condolences to his family. Um, so we was hit with the headline on November 11, 2020. Uh, rapper Mo3 dies after being shot during brazen drive-by on Dallas Highway. Um, and before I dig into that, man, like, that's one of the strangest ways I've ever heard of of a high-profile person dying, or any person, really, uh, um, outside of, like, car accidents. You usually don't. I usually don't hear about news of somebody getting shot on the highway. Like, it just seems so... Uh, it seems uh, like it's from an action movie, man. It's like, you know, you're speeding on the highway and somebody just pulls up on you. Just, it's like a Fast and Furious movie. Exactly, exactly. So, um, basically, up-and-coming rapper Mo3 has died after being shot in a drive-by on a Texas highway. Uh, this happened on Wednesday. I'm reading this from the... Uh, New York Post. And uh, the 28-year-old musician whose real name was Melvin Noble was killed in the brazen midday attack on Interstate 35 in Dallas. Police said the trigger man got out of his stopped car and approached the rapper who exited his vehicle and started running. The gunman chased Mo3 and fired off several rounds, hitting him in the back of his head. A bystander sitting in his car was also struck um, he was taken to a hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, cops said. And, you know, that's, that's good to hear, you know, because innocent bystanders, like, and a lot of these, uh, it, it seemed like, I'm thinking about the, if you guys remember in Florida, I think like a year and a half, two years ago, NBA Youngboy was in a, a, a shootout in Florida and uh, two innocent people got hit. Like, that's, and, the, and those are the people that, you know, people don't talk about because it's not like it doesn't grab attention or whatever. But like 
bystanders do be getting hit in in, in a lot of these situations, and and, and that's a sad thing. Uh, um, you know, so it's it's ridiculous. But uh, reading further, um, the sergeant said, "I don't know a better word to describe it other than brazen. I mean, in broad daylight with several cars around." Uh, Mo three, a Dallas native and father of three, was reportedly shot in the head last December and managed to survive. So he was shot last December in, in the head and survived, right? And that's that's amazing, right? Like usually um when things like that happen, a lot of people like when, when they survive a near-death experience, they, they describe it as like one of the most transformative things they could have ever gone through. So it's sad to hear like like that he's been shot in the head before. He's been a target before, survived that, and then fast forward almost a year later, he gets shot in his head again. And this time he doesn't make it like that's wild. But um, that's sad, man. Usually, usually the first time you get shot, that's like the end of it. But the second yeah. time, man, that's that's really sad. Yeah, man. Um, he was most well known for his 2019 track, Everybody, a collaboration with rapper Boosie Badass that has racked up more than 50 million views on YouTube. Um, and Boosie Badass himself said, I'm lost for words. Uh, my boy Mo3, see you when I get there. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the that's pretty much the article, man. Another man, you you have to be some type of freak and a savage to you know shoot somebody in the freeway uh, with all these cars around, like speeding through. That's that's you really have no you know disregard for life, pretty much at that point. Yeah, right. And as much as um people may want to compare Mo3's situation to King Von's or other rappers' uh, uh tragic passings, like this is different, right? Because in King Von's situation, uh from from what we see on camera, King Von um had started the altercation. You know, he had got out of the car and then ran up on uh uh allegedly Quando Rondo started beating him up and then Quando Rondo's friend, Lil Tim, uh came out of nowhere and shot him a couple of times. But this is like this isn't like a a, a thing that Mo3 started. Mo3 is on the highway. Uh, so you, yeah, you, this dude, I, I don't know what his uh, motive is or what it could be. Uh, Mo3 does have like gangbanging history and, you know, um, and, and, and it's, there's poverty in every, there's poverty in all states of America. There's, there's uh, inner city uh, uh, struggles all over America, but in these particular cities, there's different types of politics. So like what you like, if you got a firm understanding on the on the street politics of California, that doesn't mean it actually translates to like what goes on in Dallas, Texas. And I'm just now like finding out how like how crazy Dallas, Texas gets. Right? We hear about Detroit, we hear about Chirac, we hear about maybe St. Louis, California, but um, Dallas, Texas, like apparently had a super bloody week period. Like uh, seven people got shot in this same time period, the same week that uh, most three got got hit. So I'm I'm. I'm learning that uh, Dallas, Texas has has a lot of uh, a lot of um, how do I say it? Like gang on gang violence, uh, a lot of senseless violence, a lot of you know young black men men dying or whatever. And uh, I don't think it's is it might not be as cliche as people think, just due to like the inner workings, like the like the politics, like why stuff happens. It isn't like your classic uh, uh, blood versus crip or maybe GD versus BD. Uh, and but I'm still learning, so I don't want to speak too too much on that. But all I want to say is this: this is tragic, man. Um, and I'm just now learning that I'm just now getting introduced to Mo3's music. Um, 
I heard I heard a few records. He had a lot of energy. He was clearly talented. Uh, I've heard him go from, you know, melodically singing and using auto tune and not in that generic cringy way, but like he he took auto tune and made it his own on a song called Word Around Town. And then I heard him on the song called uh, um, I'm the Truth. And in that song, he was definitely talking to somebody. Like if you read or listen to the lyrics, uh, he was definitely he was definitely uh, aiming his lyrics at somebody. I don't know if it was like you know niggas from from uh, where he where he's locally from, but um, yeah, man, it, it, it's pretty clear though that um, it's just a, it's just another terrible loss. And I'm saying that as somebody that is just now coming up on his music. I heard about him last year uh, in 2019 when he came out with that record uh, featuring Little Boosie. And you know, uh, I hadn't, I just hadn't got the chance to really dive into his catalog until you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, after the the news we just got on November 11th. Rest in peace, Mo Three. And um, yeah, man, it's one one thing that's sad, and and I think about this take, Monty. Like people have this take, like when Nipsey Hussle died, he got like a shitload of fans all across the world after he died. There was a lot of people that didn't know he existed. They didn't know about his work. They didn't know about his catalog. Um, and some fans, early fans, have an attitude like, oh, you're a fake fan for appreciating him after he died. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. There are clout-chasing statuses. Or like, oh, my God, rest in peace, uh, rest in peace Nipsey Hussle. I've, lo- I've loved him since blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm sure people do lie about their fandom. But for the most part, um, I don't know, man. When you become a fan of somebody, you can't like control when you when you get put on to somebody, right? And I like Mo yeah. 3's records. I like Mo 3's records. It just so happened that uh, I didn't see them on my YouTube uh, uh, feed uh, until after after the news. And I'm like, man, this dude had talent. He he, he could, uh, like I said, rock auto tune. He was he was lyrical. He had a uh, he came off as very authentic. Um, and yeah, man, it's. it's I really don't know what to, I really don't know what to say outside of the fact that um, I was still like coming to terms, coming to grips with King Von's death. And uh, yeah, it's been a pattern, man, in a way oh, with Pop Smoke, King Von, Mo3. Yeah. It's like uh, you know they're just they're just starting to kind of find their groove and kind of blow up. And mm-hmm. just 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 as they're making their name. They're taken out of this world, man. And if I was a conspiracy theorist, you know, I'd be thinking, man, what, what is going on? It's like a, it's like a pattern where, you know, something where it happens so often and you start to yeah. think, yo, is there like a, you know, hidden hidden motive behind it? And what, what's going on? It's like it's too frequent. And it seems like, you know, it's, it seems almost almost almost, you know, like a story pretty much it's like it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does i can see how somebody like well-meaning could look at all these events and say like bro something's not right like one of my friends was like how does mo3 get shot on a on, on a highway or, or something like that i i can get people being skeptical of official narratives um yeah. i require more evidence before i like start jumping to conclusions of like some like people claiming that these guys are sacrifices like for instance like Lil dirk uh uh, was close with King Von. Lil Durk was instrumental in helping King Von beat his uh, charge. From what I understand, uh, he was he was instrumental in getting King Von in the studio. King Von had just started rapping in 2018, and he just had a natural affinity to put put words together and sound good doing it. But when King Von died, 
I can't tell you how many times I've seen people say, oh, the, uh, uh, King Von was a sacrifice. Uh, Lil Durk had just did that record with Drake. And so King Von's life was in his blood was payment for that major collaboration. And oh my God, bro. Like, yeah. and there's no like hardcore evidence with this. It was like, uh, rest in peace, Kobe. When Kobe died, they're like, oh man, you know, LeBron had just became, you know, a Laker and uh, Kobe had to die for LeBron to, you know, uh, submit his legacy and just, just wild, crazy takes. And, yeah, um, people try to find, you know, meaning or some hidden truth behind it. But at the end of the day, it's mostly mundane or some stupid reason. You know, it's yeah. it's always something boring. So you always try yeah. to find the, you know, the craziness of life. But, you know, it's usually just something very normal. Exactly. Um, uh, like Charlamagne, the guy said, like, um, it's hard for people to appreciate truth because the lie is 10 times more exciting like let's be honest where a lot of people that's facts that's facts yeah conspiracies are a lot more exciting to people matter of fact bro i remember like and i don't want to go go off uh, on, on too much of a tangent because there's more news connected with the mo3 situation but uh sticking on this conspiracy there is uh, a train for a little bit monty i've like helped pe- i've helped debunk certain conspiracy theories that people people um had and you would think that after coming to like after seeing evidence that comes against their worldview, that they would be relieved that oh, it isn't doomsday, or oh, there isn't a nefarious cabal of people that are sacrificing young black talent or whatever. But they, it's almost like they were disappointed. Yeah, they're disappointed at the idea that oh, maybe there isn't a, a sinister cabal uh, uh, that's doing all this. You know, maybe maybe this is a lot more. Um, realistic than i may have you know may have given any credit for right uh people want it a lot of people just want it to be true but um moving on moving on because i can yeah. talk about that all day like i my tech can see us on a future episode talking about just conspiracy theories in general uh yeah, i and could then, tie that into politics too you know that's why that's why we have a president that's why we had a president like trump because you know people people want entertainment pretty much uh when it, yeah when it's definitely. supposed to be boring Mm-hmm. So, um, more unfortunate news that uh that happened right after Mo three died. Rapper Boosie uh is being treated at Dallas Hospital for gunshot wound. Police sources say, uh, and it says uh he was shot in the leg, and his condition beyond that is unknown as of Saturday afternoon. But uh, we've had updates after uh, uh since then. Uh, Boosie is doing fine. Um. Uh, you know he's he's in a stable condition. He got shot in his leg. However, his mind, his his mental space, as you could imagine, is very like, is very troubled. He's going through a lot of mental turmoil. Uh, the reason I say that is because when there was news that he may have gotten shot and died, because when 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 shootings happen, bro, narratives like are born so fast. Like for instance, when King Von uh, died, people automatically say, "Oh, it's the police," or people are saying, "King Von isn't dead." King Von isn't dead, and it had like thousands of retweets and favorites well similar to the the boosie thing there was a lot of unknowns like wait was boosie shot at was he shot and is he alive and there was three different you know major takes going on on twitter but anyway boosie is uh alive and doing fine but he did post this tweet that 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 kind of gave us a a window into like his mental which was something along the lines of i'm paraphrasing but this is basically the sentiment he said uh Stop calling my fucking phone. Y'all don't care about me. The, you only you only call me for uh, because you have a, a motive anyway. You're only using me. You don't really love me. He tweeted this <laughs> out. 
he tweeted this out in response to all the calls he was getting, you know, making sure he was alive. And, um, and then he, but, but it's important to say he later on did post on Instagram and said, thank you for all the well wishes and prayers. I'm doing fine. But that initial tweet really, uh, you know, stirred some things up. Um, and it, it, it isn't the first time Boosie has kind of gone, uh, uh, gone off. Like I remember, um, like six, seven years ago, uh, Boosie was doing a radio interview and uh, the interviewer asked him a question about his medical condition and Boosie went off. He went off or, or like some, so, um, he, he was facing prison time and somebody said, Hey, Boosie, keep your head up or keep your head up. Boosie, Boosie. Boosie was like, don't tell me to keep my fucking head up. You can't relate to me. Like, <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. It seems like about- he seems like he definitely gets a little heated when he's, when he's, uh, you know, shot or something like that because yeah yeah and, and by the way guys i'm not laughing at, at the fact that he just got shot i'm just laughing at like in the past yeah. of, like him going off or whatever another thing that, that that's uh hilarious to me is uh when when boosie um was in prison he uh he put out this psa saying like hey all my man fans all my male fans they got girlfriends and wives if y'all real fans you would you would allow your girls to send me naked photos so I can you know uh, you know help my day go a little bit smoother in prison. <laughs> uh, that 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 that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Also, I remember um, he was he was upset. There was one live where he was upset because he, he didn't sell as many albums as he wanted to. And there was uh, at at one point there were more people on his Instagram live than albums he sold. And so he basically said, "Everybody that didn't buy my album, get the fuck off my live." Like, like, uh, you really don't love me. Why are you watching me on live when you should be going to buy my album? See, that's know, why. Very... That's why people are watching him on Instagram. He's, he's, he's entertaining. You know, definitely. even when he's raging out. Definitely, definitely. Um, he's not that type but, of rapper. You know, Boosie is not that type of rapper where where you're pretty much there for the music only. You know, you're there yeah, for his personality yeah. and what he has to say. Kind of. He's he's kind of like Fifty Cent in a way, and also some of the other rappers that are not really known for their music, but they're, you know, also like Joe Budden too. He's another one. You you, you actually want to hear what he has to say instead of what he, what he raps about kind of in a way. That's like yeah, comes, yeah. comes second to their personality. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of people, definitely. And you know, cause Boosie is a, Boosie is a music veteran. Joe Budden's a music veteran and they're just entering that phase in their career where, you know, people want to, you know, hear what they have to say outside of the booth more than in the booth. Uh, um, that, that is true. But I want to say this, though, and what makes this story sad. So Boosie got shot or well, he was at a vigil in Dallas that honored uh, Mo 3, you know, who was shot and killed. And uh, authority said Melvin A. Noble, a 28 year old, better known, uh, better known as Mo 3. All right. We'll talk about that. He, um, <clears throat> oh, scroll down, scroll down. My bad. Boosie was huh. So basically what this what what this article is saying that uh Boosie got shot um a day after he attended a vigil um in in you know in memory of his of his good good close friend Mo three. And so some people are connecting that, right? Like what Yeah, what I was it? about to ask you, was those two shootings connected? Because you know. Right. They're both acquaintances, so it seems like yeah. they definitely has a connection somewhere. Exactly, Mo Three's biggest record features features Boosie, and and Boosie's was getting like a like um, a lot more attention on his music due to his collaboration with Mo Three. So that connection was really there; it was really strong. And uh, I don't know if 
if him by like him attending the visual by itself was the reason that somebody was so mad that they wanted to shoot him or that there's some street shit going on behind the scenes because guys i gotta be clear uh, i can only like speculate on what's like uh, uh put out in the news or whatever but best believe when it came whether it's king von fbg duck there's a lot of shit that that goes on behind the scenes that is street related strictly street related that um you know, we, we, we don't know about and probably won't ever know about. Um, so we're only speaking on what's been put out there. And uh, what's been put out there is that Boosie and Mo3 were close and they made a lot of music that a lot of people love. And um, it's just tragic that, um, it's just tragic that the, the man got shot. And so while he's nursing a bullet wound, he's also grieving on, you know, on Mo3. And- uh, That's tragic, man. Cause imagine being yeah. shot at a funeral or a vigil, that's- yeah, whoever is doing this, man, uh, they they pretty much lost all sense of, you know, any type of humility or, you know, morality in a way. Yep. Um. So there's also um there was also another element to this. Um, I'm I'm trying to find. So uh, we know they were shot in Dallas. Um. We also forgot to mention, you know, Benny the Butcher. He was also shot in the leg too. Just he was just doing, he was just shopping around, and somebody just pulled up on him, and uh, like a gang of guys, and just shot him. And it seems like a pattern, man. Every every week, one or two, uh, one or two, you know, artists just being involved in these type of situations. I don't know. Uh, it's, it, it has become a pattern, man. It seems like it seems like we can't go a week without it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yes, he he was indeed uh, Boosie was indeed shot uh, the day after um, he paid respects to recently murdered rapper Mo Three, and um, it said at some point somebody opened fired on the opened fire on the vehicle. It was like a Sprinter van, and one of the bullets struck Boosie in the leg. Um, we're told the shooters booked it, and Boosie and company made their way to the hospital where he was treated for a gunshot wound below the knee. Yeah, so um, yeah, it definitely seems like it's guilt bias association for you know Boosie. Yeah, yeah, and here here's here's an example of a tweet that was false information, fake news. It said uh, uh, Boosie Sprinter van was shot at t- shot at today in Dallas, but he was he wasn't hit. So I'm glad to hear it. Thank God. And then uh, uh, the article goes on to say someone posted a video of the Big T parking lot where the action supposedly went down claiming Boosie was not shot. Um, but the truth is the truth. Uh, Monty was shot. But the, the the point is, is how fast fake and false information travels, bro. Uh, like that I could said, be dangerous, you, man. That could definitely, you know, sometimes yeah, even family members find out, you know, something through, through social media. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's something that didn't happen. They, you know, they probably call you and text you like, yo, is this true? And you have to, you know, make sure. That's not that's not true because they they could freak out or whatever you know, cause a lot of unnecessary stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Something that often goes viral as well, uh, Monty. That I'm noticing is, uh, King Von was in the was in the club before he passed away. Mo three, uh, hours before his tragic death, was also uh performing in a club as well, and it's kind of. What seems to do a lot of numbers is videos that say um, blank artists uh, hours before he died or like when Juice World passed away. Oh, uh, look at how happy Juice World uh, was before he overdosed. Uh, I'm noticing that like a, it being a big uptick. People are really interested in 
the vibe and, and how the artist was right before their tragic passing. Um, that is kind of grim know. when you think about it, you know, imagine being that person that, you know, passed away and people are watching you and mm-hmm. you don't know that you're going to die, but people know uh, that, that are watching you after you passed away, that these are your last moments before you, you know, something happens to you. And that's, that's pretty grim. Like you, we never know when something could happen to us, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just the, uh, another thing, so I want to go into like uh, Meek Mill because I think uh, this Meek Mill Twitter Philadelphia drama that's going on tied, was was somewhat like inspired. The the controversial tweet was somewhat inspired by like these recent uh, tragic passings of these young these young kings. But before I say that is, there's also Mon- Mon- Monty this fixation of like dead bodies of these artists to the point where. Um, King Von, somebody went to the morgue where King Von was, took a picture and leaked it onto the internet. So, man, I really so, hate the social media generation. Like, going to yeah, like sometimes I, to, I start to think, you know, it's not too bad, but then I hear news stories like that. I'm like, nah, yeah. we, we, we need to, we need this shit taken away from us. It's, it's it's crazy, bro. Somebody went to the morgue, King Von land on the autopsy table. And took a picture and, and just leaked it to the internet. That, that was crazy. And then obviously there's the uh, footage of Mo three just laying on the laying, laying laying on the side of the high, highway, just just stretched out. Like it's uh, tragic. And and the, those images circulate faster than like the images people want their loved one to be remembered uh, as. Um, and yeah, it's 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 pretty sick, bro. Um, just for an Instagram post, you know, just for some likes. That, that's what people are driven to, going yeah. inside a morgue to take a dead body's picture, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I don't know, man. Se- segwaying into um, the Meek Mill situation. Meek Mill deactivated uh, his Twitter, and he says it's going to remain deactivated until Friday. Now, admittedly, I didn't know what the hell was going on. All I like the trending topic on Twitter said uh, a guy named um, Poundside Pop, I believe his name was, and Meek Mill had a war of words on Instagram, and it, you know it translated to Twitter in terms of a trending topic. And when I clicked on this trending topic, it was a bunch of people from Philadelphia saying stuff like Meek Mill ain't a real nigga, Meek Mill don't care about Philly niggas, uh, uh, Meek Mill claims a hood he's not from, just a lot of that energy, right? And I'm like, man, this is. This is such a like, this is such a contradiction to like what I remember, which was when uh, one of the times Meek Mill got released from jail, there was like a like a, a mini riot outside. Like people were celebrating. I saw dudes taking their shirts off and people uh, uh, putting on his legendary intro and just like going ham. And, and this was in Philadelphia. Uh, Meek Mill has also been known to like give back a lot uh, during like Christmas time, Thanksgiving, stuff like that, uh, you know, but this is the first time I've seen so many outside of like rappers he's beefed with from Philly. Cause to be honest, he has beefed with some, some uh, legendary artists from, uh, 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 from Philadelphia, uh, legendary artists of yesteryear. So Cassidy uh, and, but outside of that, outside of that beef, I've always thought that majority of, you know, hip hop fans in Philadelphia loved Meek Mill. I didn't know it was so polarizing. And, um, but recently, <clears throat> Following the announcement that Meek Mill plans on dropping a four-pack 
by Friday. The rapper confirms he'll be taking a social media break from a social media break in the interim. Um, and it says basically the the controversy of of this tweet that I'm um that I'm looking for out outshined it 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 swallowed up all the attention that would have normally gone from the uh, from his album promotion and that's probably why he uh canceled his twitter right you don't want to like big bill is an artist that puts his life into music the last thing you want is for something to distract from that um and he's already had that before this might be deja vu for him right because last time something like that happened was the drake meek milby back to back i want to remind you that back to back came right after like i think uh, uh, Meek Mill had put out his second debut album, and it sold phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, phenomenally well. And um, but but ultimately, it, that time period is remembered as the time where Drake owned Meek Mill. But um, and I don't know if he's experiencing deja vu. Some people are like accusing him of being on drugs again, but I'm not really seeing that. But um, I'm about to give you, I'm about to give you guys some some much needed clarity and context. I'm just uh, saying all that while while I look for the the section in the paragraph. But um, it says unfortunate or section in the article. My bad. But it says unfortunately, the hype surrounding his new music was overshadowed by his involvement in a recent controversy, one that transpired following his attempt to increase the peace in his home city of Philadelphia. His comments ultimately drew the ire of local rapper Poundside Pop, who implored who implored that Meek needed to pick a side and banned him from North Philadelphia during an Instagram live stream. Naturally, Meek Mill did not reply to said ban with enthusiasm, opting instead to declare ownership of the entire Philadelphia hood, a claim that some criticize as being counterintuitive to its initial campaign, campaign of quelling the violence. Uh, perhaps finding himself sidetracked by the eternal dis- uh, perhaps finding himself sidetracked by the eternal distractions from social media, Meek Mill appears to have decided to have take a quick break before his big release. And yeah, that's basically what happened. So um, to pull up the actual tweets though, and, and how I found out his uh, Twitter was deactivated, Monty, is because this morning I saw the tweets and then I was like, oh, let me, you know, let me look for this and screenshot it so I can, you know, talk about it on the podcast. And to my surprise, it was, you know, his Twitter was gone. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I clicked on that link too. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, he said this, and some people are actually uh, accusing him of contradicting himself, like the article said. But even before that, even before his response to Poundside Pop saying, "Yo, you need to pick a side," uh, on eleven eleven, twenty twenty, he said, "Pretty soon, everybody gonna have to pick a side. Too much real shit going on to be cool with everybody." So keep that in mind. I'm going to read it one more time. Pretty soon, Meek Mills tweeted, pretty soon everybody going to have to pick a side. Too much real shit going on to be cool with everybody. And then fast forward to um, uh, today. It says, quote, I'll get all the main big artists in Philly a deal if they put them bodies behind them and squash them beefs. I hear about. Got some young hot bulls from, from my city, but they're all beefing. Unquote. So he's basically saying all the beefing is 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 un uh, un unproductive. But the reason people took like issue with that, uh, Monty, is because of the basically Meek Mill has said 
I'll get all the main big artists in Philly a deal if they put them bodies behind them and squash them beefs I hear about. We got some young hot bulls from my city, but they're all beefing. And that was the tweet that got a lot of people pissed off because that one tweet says, basically a lot of street niggas from Philadelphia is like, how dare you? How dare you tell me I need to forget about my dead homie that got killed by such and such from, from um, you know, such and such, and such place. Uh, people were like, the audacity of Meek Mill to say that. And then they pulled up old tweets of Meek Mill saying, you got to pick a side. You can't be cool with everybody. So people are getting basically mixed messages from Meek Mill uh, based on what I'm seeing. That's what a lot of people are pissed about. And the fact that it's like a lot of street dudes that come from Philly looked at Meek Mill as like the ultimate street nigga example to, you know, to make it to the, you know, I don't know, Jay-Z endorsements, Robert Kraft you know, Patriots owner Robert Kraft endorsing him and helping him with his uh, campaign to like uh, uh, for criminal justice reform and all of that. But yeah, but that's pretty. That's pretty much it, man. Like, uh, and well, I'm like curious. I say, man. Like I say, stay off Twitter, man. You can't. <laughs> this is just gonna start unnecessary shit that that's just gonna stress up your life, man. I feel like, you know, I have a grim prediction, and hopefully, it's not true, man. I feel like something. Something McMill might be involved in something that that's that not might be a you know might be a sad unfortunate news in the future and hopefully I'm not true you know because uh, it seems like a pattern man it's uh, you just can't escape it. I I I definitely get you on that. Uh, hopefully I'm not true though man because uh, definitely that's, that's the vibe I'm getting from what's happening right now. Yeah, I, I definitely pray you're wrong, Monty, because uh, McMill is I think a much needed voice. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he, he is a, I'm not saying he um, hasn't made mistakes in his career. He will tell you that. He'll tell you the, the role drugs played and yes men played or whatever. But to be clear, there are street niggas from Philly saying you need to pick a side. And Meek Mill responding with, I own that whole, you know, hood, like, you know, with the bravado and all that, that people have been killed for like less than that. So I hope he, you know, I hope he moves smart. I hope he moves uh, safe. But I guess he deactivated his Twitter because people started calling him out. Like, how dare you say, uh, how dare you tell us to forget about our dead homies when you made a song about not forgiving the person that killed your father and how the day you would see him, you would kill kill him. Like, people just felt like there's a disconnect between how long his How long was that song, though? Because I know, you know, mm. sometimes you change, man. Your, your, your outtakes on things change. It, it That's doesn't a great stay point. the same. That's a great point. And that was, you're right, Monty, that's a great point. And that's years ago. But then people will say, well, on 11-11-2020, you said, uh, you got to pick a side. You can't be cool with everybody. And now you're saying we got to squash all beef and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. I definitely yeah. get the mixed messaging. because uh, uh, You know, sometimes you just got to shut the fuck up, man. Just don't write <laughs> anything. Hey, man. Uh, man, Meek Mill's, Meek Mill's an absolute legend. Um it's sad to see like all the the men and surprisingly women because when i was seeing the trending topic there were like some pretty pretty uh beautiful looking women basically saying that meek mill is a a, a fraud uh uh this or that not really this you know not um not not welcome here because that's what uh poundside pop said he said you're not welcome here and that's also like a like a there's historical precedent to like rappers saying you can't come back here. You can't come to your city. And um, I don't know, man. Hopefully, hopefully, get squashed. I, I definitely don't want to see um nothing happen to Meek Mill. I've enjoyed uh a good sizable uh portion of his catalog, 
And um, yeah, man, he, he um, I think he's a net positive for the culture and a net positive towards uh, uh, with, with, you know, attempting to, to make an impact on criminal justice reform. Because remember, Monty, like, he, he was on probation for over a decade and they put him back in uh, prison for popping a willy on a bike. Like, um, and so then Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, Beyonce, Jay-Z, all the who's who's came back. Like they, they, they uh, backed him up. They supported him and they got that judge removed off his case. And now he's a free man. Totally. They, you know, uh, and it was, there was evidence to suggest that the judge on his case was corrupt, was crooked and actually had a bone to pick with him. My whole point in saying that is like Meek Mill is beyond Philly in terms of, in terms of like the, 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 the things he can, can impact, like, like the positive impact he can have on, on culture. And again, ultimately uh, criminal justice reform, even if it's just putting a highlight, like his specific case, like being highlighted, like, Oh, this really goes on. Oh, even though Meek Mill's a millionaire, he still got treated like, you know, uh, uh, your average uh, street hoodlum or whatever. So I don't know, man. I, I really appreciate Meek Mill. I, I hope nothing ha- uh, happens to him, Monty. I, I get what you're saying, though, in terms of past vibes you've gotten, like before artists have passed away. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying against that. Um, but yeah, guys, that's that's pretty much all the um, darker news. Yeah, I'll say one thing, though. I'll say one thing. Uh, you know. The cycle mm-hmm. of violence does not end until you, you know, forget and forgive and kind of squash the beef. I know it's cliche at that point, and and the controversial game, The Last of Us too, even had the same type of messaging. But oh, yeah. it's true, man. It's true. It's uh, you know, it's not gonna end until until you forget and forgive. But I know that's hard to do. So that's why we have so many of these, you know, back and forth shootings, just all this senseless violence. So I, you know, that's that's how it goes. You just gotta. It's hard to do it, but that's that's the that's how you got to do it, man, to end the cycle of violence. Yeah, and obviously that's something that's like way easier said than done, especially like there's just different street politics, different histories. Uh, some of these some of these kids are born into like a generational uh, warfare, and um, and it's it's just sad to hear, bro. Like a lot of the ops, the so-called ops, uh, specifically in Chicago and in my city, like dudes that are killing dudes are act like like you find out sometimes these guys are cousins they grew up they grew up together you know they played with action figures together and 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 then what uh 12 years later they're playing with a different type of toys and they're using them against each other and taking each other's lives um it, it's it's fucked up bro and that's um, why it's so important man to to have that type of message that you know forgive and forget but at a young age because like you said once you grow up in that type of environment it's hard to hard to resist and grow out of it so that's why we need positive role models and positive you know parenting and everything at a young age because you know you're the most impressionable at a very until I think until you're like 10 years old so when it right 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 so I get why it's so hard for some people to I definitely co-sign I I co-sign what you're saying like 100% but then there's also situations where the so-called positive role model that works to like mediate between between the 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 homies or whatever that are beefing the gangs that are beefing sometimes the role model gets killed in a brutal way and 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 the message yeah you know what I'm saying and then the message is wait he did all of that he cared about us and y'all murdered him 
So, like, if he wasn't enough, then there's there there isn't a enough. Like, there I don't know, man. Despair is a real thing. Despair is a real thing. Uh, and King Von rapped about it uh, rapped about it himself. He said, "And if I should die, they boosting the murder rate." Uh, um, that was a that was a part of a hook in a song featuring uh, uh, Fabio Foreign. He said, "If I should die, the murder rate's going to increase." And I mean, there's evidence to suggest there's historical precedent to, to suggest that this isn't That's over. Facts, yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I'm hoping though. Um, I don't know, man. I hope a change can can come. As cliche as it sounds, as as uncomfortable as it as it sounds, uh, and I know like. At, at, at a level, I'm always going to be ignorant to like a lot of a lot of the you know behind the scenes things. But um, oh man, ultimately all you can do is hope, uh, speak truth to power, try to make meaningful uh, uh, connections, and 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 try to listen more than you speak. Because there's a lot of people speaking on these situations that um, again we're all ignorant to a certain degree. But there are a lot of people talking, doing a lot more talking than 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 listening, and. Uh, and that's why I'm just trying to come from a position of, of understanding. You know, I got, I got, I got uh, friends and family in all of these different cities. And uh, although there are like similarities to these different stories, the background, sometimes the politics, the street politics are so, are so different. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's fucked up, bro. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm hoping for the best though, man. I, I don't, I don't mean to sound like so, hopeless about the situation it just seems like the cycle is is uh getting worse and worse man and, yeah, it's and, hard to be hopeful man because uh once you see it for so long it's hard to hard to see yo is there a way out you know so it's like a it's like a never-ending horror story man yeah yeah you're trying to like you're trying to like make sure you're not being naive but you also want to keep yourself from becoming too cynical because if yeah if you're fully cynical then there's no solution that's going to come from that. Like it's just a position of like total surrender, uh, uh, total yeah, total surrender and acceptance that things will just always be the way they are. And uh, I don't I don't want to advocate for that defeatist mentality. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's yeah, man. That's that's that. why this uh this show is called the Gray Cave, man. You got to be inside the Gray Cave, not the not the black and white, not not on either side. So that's yeah. hard to find the balance. And if you notice, the logo is a TV with a with a with a uh, cracked screen, where, where where static's coming out of it. Static being, you know, both both the uh, you know you see static inside of a TV, but also static in terms of the slang, where sometimes you you'll speak on how you feel, and it causes static. It causes it causes issues. I also like to think that that crack represents cracking the programming, right? Like like television yeah. hasn't always been the biggest source of truth. But it has been one of the biggest sources of entertainment. We just earlier talked about entertainment versus truth. The truth is a lot. A lot of times, a lot of times the truth is the truth is stranger than fiction, and then a lot of times the truth is mundane and not as exciting. So it's just funner to talk about the other things. But yeah, man, at the Great Cave, man, we really try to get to the to the root, speak on how we feel while acknowledging that that um you know we're we're imperfect and we just try to come uh, from a position of understanding and um yeah give our takes. Uh, and this is only episode episode six, so I'm 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 um I'm hoping that there's going to be an influx of more positive news in, in future episodes. But yeah, bear with us, guys. Like like uh, you know that doesn't draw ratings, man. We can't do positive news. We got to keep <laughs> the streak going. Yeah, bro. You know what that reminds me of, Monty? Somebody once said, um, 
you know about this uber popular show on mtv i think it's like it might be the highest rating in mtv history uh you know that show 16 and pregnant oh yeah yeah that's uh that's a famous american show that i know a lot of people yeah a lot, of, a lot talk of about it yeah a lot of dysfunction and everything somebody once said why do they got a show called 16 and pregnant but but not like 17 and graduated or like a show celebrating the, the the academic accomplishments and early graduations of like gifted students and i mean Monty, we know the answer to that it's just, really <laughs> yeah, just yeah. As, i was gonna say yeah, that's obvious we don't have a show like that exactly so um yeah so with that being said i guess we can um <laughs> we were talking about conspiracy theories and conspiracy nuts uh earlier and uh candace owens Candace Owens recently um, grabbed headlines for uh, multiple takes on her Twitter in like a short amount of time. Uh, if you guys remember, Kanye West once endorsed Candace Owens and said, "I like the way she, I like the way you think. I like the way she thinks." Uh, and and for those that don't know who Candace Owens is, she's a like a political pundit, uh, far right, uh, far right leaning, uh, conservative, uh, and I would say a grifter. You know, somebody that that is uh, exploiting uh, the pain of uh, of people for for political clout, gain, social capital, uh, all of that. And um, so, he's a fucking idiot. That's you. That's what she is, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry yeah, to be man. blunt, man, but that's how that's how I look at her, man. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, Monty. I, I think I get that take, but I think. I think she's smart, right? Because she's tapping into to a market, yeah. right? Like I think, see, there's the there's the deceptive, and then there's like the the incompetent, right? There are some people that are are incompetent, ignorant, and don't they literally don't understand that what they believe in is like a falsehood. They 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 earnestly and sincerely believe in these things, and then there are some people that realize, oh, I can make money off this because the yeah, rem- I was about to say, man, that's uh... yeah. Like that's still that's still that's kind of grim to me. Like I I just want to get inside their heads and see like what they're thinking when when they have this type of mentality because uh, they, they, this can't feel healthy, man. This can't feel you can't feel good about it, you know. Yeah. Like, just being just doing this just for money, but I don't know. At this point, I start to believe, man. That these people actually do believe this type of shit. After after a while, I feel like you know you, you start to believe believe your bullshit. You know the. You know the term uh, that they say. Yeah, yeah. Believe your own hype. Believe your own bullshit. You're, yeah. you, tell, you tell yourself lies so much that it becomes your your truth. It becomes your your baseline. Um, I definitely get that. I don't even like. I'm on her. I'm on her timeline, guys. Like uh, Twitter.com backslash Candace Owens. And there's like four different takes uh, here. Like there's the 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 vaccine uh, fear mongering. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm not saying that this vaccine that's coming out is like perfect, whatever, but it's it's quite clear that she's like trying to like sow, you know, fear and discord into her audience. Uh, uh, very much one of those types that are like, oh, you don't need a mask. Masks, masks are pointless and all that type of stuff. So there's that. And then there's this this take on, um, I guess, Harry Styles was pictured in Vogue magazine wearing a dress. Um and Vogue magazine posted uh, these two photos of Harry Styles wearing wearing this uh, dress on Twitter, and the caption says, "There's so much joy to be had in playing with clothes. I've never thought too much about what it means. It just 
becomes this extended part of creating something, unquote. So that's what Harry Styles said referring to his like dress code, like how, how he dresses. And he doesn't really, I guess, uh, care too much about the the, uh, the gender roles we assign to, to clothing or whatever. And uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of a radical take depending on the audience you're, you're, you're saying that to. But um, Candace Owens then takes this, retweets it and says, there is no society that can survive without strong men. The East knows this. Uh, uh, in the West, the steady feminization of our men at the same time that Marxism is being taught to our children is not a coincidence. It's an outright attack. Bring back manly men. Um, <laughs> so the the funny thing is, right, is like, you know, she's married to this uh, this white guy. I, I don't know like much about him, but like the way she's like going on rants about manly men, you would look at her husband and and think that oh man this like he doesn't come off as the the stereotypical manly man yeah. that she's praising right now uh so and it's a fair like, judgment too because she's coming she's coming from a you know physical perspective because you know he just wore a dress that's it because we know being a man is more than that yeah i think masculinity is it goes a lot more deeper than than the surface level right like i'm not a dress wearer i don't cross dress or anything like like that but I think masculinity masculinity has more to do with with the in depth, you know, uh, uh, the the internal more so than the external ways you express yourself, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, I don't know, man. Like uh, women, oh, you wear you you wore those tight ass yoga pants to to the gym. You want to get fucked? You're a slut. You know, we need to bring back uh, virtuous women, virgins, and and all of that. And Monty, you know it's ridiculous in 2020 to assume that every woman we see wearing leggings is some sort of uh, a thought pocket that's waiting to get, you know, uh, rammed in. It, I just think it's so silly to, like, make super strong judgments of uh, people's character based off what they, what they wear. Um, that's a very puritanical approach. And just because that, that fashion isn't something I would go for, <laughs> like, I, that's, I wouldn't be caught dead in the dress. Um, I don't know, but the, the 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 reason I'm bringing this up is because well, a it was trending on, on on Twitter, and it's the like how hysterical she is, like saying like this picture of of Harry Styles, a popular uh, a worldwide international superstar, wearing a dress in Vogue magazine, which is like a like a fashion lifestyle magazine, from what I understand. This is one of the biggest problems in the West. So not the coronavirus, not political corruption, whatever, but this superstar wearing a dress. And I, I just got to thinking, Monty, like, I can't say that I see a lot of men in dresses walking on the streets. This feminization agenda, I'm not really seeing it here in Kansas City, uh, 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 St. Louis, California, like, well, some say California, but put, the, put that to the side, put that to the side. Um, I think the percentage of men in, in America or in the first world that cross-dress is, like, very small, probably less than 1%. Uh, yeah, less than point zero zero one percent probably. Yeah. Now, unless she's trying to say that the visual of this picture is making men, uh, I don't know, uh, get more in touch with their quote unquote feminine side. I, I'm just not seeing like the evidence and like why this is, why this is such a big deal. Why why this takes more precedence over over the coronavirus, over wearing a mask. Like she's tripping more about Harry Styles wearing a dress than like people not wearing their mask. Yeah, one you, has can't, you can't make sense of what, what they say, man. They, it's, uh, they always focus on the, all the SJWs ruining everything, but they forget 
they don't focus on the main shit that's going on, you know, poverty yeah. and all these people out of, you know, not being able to, you know, go month by month, you know, all the healthcare issues. They, they don't talk about that, yeah, but, yeah. you know, SJWs, they're the biggest, biggest attack on uh, Western society. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Another so another one of her uh, uh, takes is that apparently Black Lives Matter is like a a, a domestic terrorist organization, Monty. Uh, and and so she posted these videos of this apparent Trump supporter, and there's not a lot of pretty context to what happens before, but it is this Trump supporter getting beat up by people dressed in all black, uh, uh, which looks to resemble the 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 outfit of uh. Antifa, which is an anti-fascist organization who, uh, who, uh, who, who have political tactics that are like frowned upon because they will physically beat up people they view as racist or, or, or um, people that are trying to, uh, I don't know, bring a authoritarian regime into power or whatever. But um, I'm not seeing in this video where Black Lives Matter is, but she puts Antifa and Black Lives Matter together and she says, uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa represent the absolute vermin of our society. The absolute vermin of our society. Uh, and she said they were created as the Marxist foot soldiers of the Democratic Party and uh, given a pass by the leftist controlled media. Uh, pray for this young woman who was attacked. Um, and then she said, we're supposed to believe that our intelligence agencies can track and take out an Iranian terrorist overnight but they can't manage to get to the root of antifa and black lives matter well-funded domestic terrorist cells that have been operating unchecked for years oh my god bro the way she makes black lives matter like she like black lives matter is clearly isis apparently monty like the well-funded domestic terrorist cells that have been operating unchecked for years that's that's loaded <laughs> right there that's loaded right there bro and uh I don't know, man. That's that's just a big jump. Like like taking like isolated they, cases. Yeah, they then, get paid. These type of figures, Candace Owens and a lot of these other figures, they get paid to uh, talk this shit, man. They get paid by these, I don't know, these uh, Republican lobbyists and all these, you know, big. Oh yeah. A lot yeah, of these yeah, figures, yeah. man. They pay you to rile up, rile up your base, man. Keep keep that, keep that, you know, the division going. Just uh, you know, just vilify the other side, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think I saw you know Andy know who that is Andy no. Uh, sounds familiar. Uh, can you? Can uh, he's you... like a journalist that's kind of became famous for apparently being attacked by Antifa when he was he was like a he was just doing a rally or just doing some interviews and I guess Antifa, uh, you know, kind of beat him up for no apparent reason. But I think there's some other other stories that corroborated that you know he he kind of kind of made up a lot of lies to make himself feel like a more of a victim than he already was but he actually tweeted like uh i think recently there was like a some squabble between some uh you know conservative trump supporters and some you know antifa uh you know just antifa uh members i guess and he tweeted a video of you know some trump supporters getting beat up ganged uh, you know ganged by these antifa fighters but you know, that we find out that it was like an edited video and it was the conservatives who, who were the first to attack the Antifa people. And they, they pretty much edit and kind of, you know, uh, kind of push a different narrative than actually what happened. Uh, so, you know, to rile up the base, it's, like, it's, it's pretty much propaganda at this point. 
yeah, it's, it's propaganda and all propaganda uh, isn't made equal. You know, some are a lot more effective than others. Yeah. And uh, Candace Owens is definitely a, a, a mouthpiece for, for far right wing uh, interests. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's working. Uh, she posted, my book has been on the New York Times top 10 overall bestseller list for eight straight weeks with hundreds and thousands of copies sold. I am so proud of myself. So, so, I mean, the, the numbers don't Speaking lie. Speaking of that, though, the bestseller New York Times, that, that's also bullshit, too, because uh, mo- mostly the publisher buys out all the books to make it seem like it's the top 10. So it, Ooh. do you Ooh. notice, like, when there's a lot of books and a lot of these people promote it, they always say, oh, my book is, like, top 10 bestseller New York Times. So it's it's really not that hard to have a top 10 books uh, bestselling book because I think I've you got to get some couple thousand copies and pretty much the publisher pretty much buys out all the books and then to make it seem like you got top 10 so you know you could brag about it yeah 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 i see what you're saying yeah i definitely heard about publishers uh meddling with uh with the numbers to to make the book uh appear more successful than it is um and and the book is called blackout blackout how black america can make its second escape from the democrat democrat plantation and i'm not really trying to die what happened to the first escape (laughs) well she tried to say so um so basically what they like what she likes to point to is the fact that republicans were the people that abolished slavery and democrats were the uh uh slave owners and she's not wrong uh, wrong about that but she fails to like talk about the, the 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 grand southern strategy that happened in the i believe 1950s through 60s where like uh, there was a great switch in like uh, ideologies and party allegiances or whatever. Like it's it's a it's a sleight of hand trick. They metaphor, uh, figurative sleight of hand trick. They do to say, well, look, Abraham Lincoln, he he abolished slavery. He was a Republican, and all these slave owners they were Democrats. As if uh, 1800s Democrats are the same as 2020 Democrats, basically. And so it's a um. It's a fucked up analogy, man. It's a fucked up analogy. Uh, and I'm not like, oh, go Democrats. Like, the Democrats are always right. Republicans are always wrong. Like, no, nah, at the end of the day, people are people. I do think the two-party system is 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 kind of whack. And uh, not kind of. I think the two-party system is whack and, and very much um, limiting. It's, it's too binary or whatever. Like, the Grey Cave was created out of the fact that, you know, the world isn't black and white. And a lot of people... It's just the way easier. It's not blue and red, like you know, exactly politics. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot more um, complicated than that. But regardless, it works for her because she's pointing at something easy, like, hey, the Democratic plantation, blah blah blah. Look at the 1800s. Look at the KKK. Uh, Yeah, but regardless, though, um, she she um, went on to like mock Cory Bush, which was a, a, a U.S. House candidate. Uh, in Missouri that won and Cori Bush a Democrat said it's day one and she said so I'm wearing my Brianna Taylor mask a few of my Republican colleagues have called me Brianna assuming that's my name and she said it hurts but I'm glad they'll come to know her name and story because of my presence here Brianna must be central to our work in Congress uh Monty there's nothing wrong with that matter of fact yeah, she's trying to she's still you know spin it into a positive message in a way Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it, that is embarrassing. Right. Like imagine you just get elected, elected into like uh, some special office and your, your Republican colleagues are calling yeah. you 
they they know so little about you that they're calling you Brianna mm. when you're just wearing a, a Brianna Taylor mask. That yeah, it kind of like illustrates how out of touch. And like, how can you not know who Brianna Taylor is at this point? And you're in you know in in the fucking one of the biggest uh, seats in government. And that's <laughs> exactly. embarrassing. Exactly. But of course, Candace Owens says, hope you had a good first day on the side of perpetual race bait stupidity known as Democrats in Congress. So again, it's 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 it's, it's all aggressive. That's disrespectful because uh, Cori Bush, man, I think uh, I heard of her before, uh, you know, before right before she won. And she actually came from pretty much a lot of struggles. Uh, like she actually came from pretty much nothing and kind of fought her way to, you know, actually she actually wanted to change because she saw what was happening in her, you know, community. And she, she was like, you know, I got to stand up, you know, actually, actually do something about it to, you know, bring some change. And she actually won, you know, she fought from pretty much, she had no funding or anything. And, you know, she actually worked her best, pretty much, pretty much the opposite of Candace Owens, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, to get to where she is. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I'm glad you acknowledged that, man. And again, I'm, <laughs> Hey, we got to bring like fucking politics into every goddamn episode. But this Candace Owen thing did grab, it grabbed headlines. Her takes were so atrocious that uh, I just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, almost as Sometimes, like. Sometimes, yeah, you can't, you know, how people say, oh, uh, we can't have politics or like we can't have anything without politics. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you just got to mention how, how fucking stupid this shit is, you know? Yeah. And then also realize that the like. Po- Entertainment and politics have never been so intertwined. I mean, we got Wayne endorsing Trump. We got uh, uh, Fifty Cent jokingly <laughs> endorsing Trump, and then like uh, uh, Ice Cube with the with you know with his correspondence with Trump about uh, incorporating some of his agenda for the black uh, for the black community into the platinum plan. Like, it's just so intertwined now, bro. Entertainment politics, it's just there, and it's it's gonna be hard to like uh, purposely avoid it. Yeah. And uh, and it has always been there, and people just don't notice it because. I know, uh, I know there's this one comic book that's like really popular and it's called The Watchmen. So it's pretty much, it, it was pretty much, it was made in the eight, I think 1980s. And it was pretty much about politics, like throughout, like how, you know, the these people in power control everything, you know, you know how they fuck up uh, the people and people who are at the bottom of the barrel. And yeah. so they made a remake of this show, like on HBO and they kind of portrayed like the villains as, you know, kind of these right wing nut jobs. And people are like, oh, <laughs> why would you have to bring politics into my comic book show? But they missed the fact that the main, you know, the original comic book was all about pretty much how, you know, the these right wing kind of, you know, the, the crazy <clears throat> conservatives kind of handle and kind of manipulate to, you know, stay in power. So it's pretty funny, you know. People, yeah, people yeah. kind of miss uh, what the real messaging is. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm noticing that a lot of people call it political garbage when it's just something they disagree with, right? Like, as long as it's status quo, it, it can be as political as, as whatever, or whatever their status quo is or what they wish for it to be, that's great. But so, uh, uh, God forbid a character that's been uh, black in an, or, or white in another iteration is suddenly black in another, uh, a different adaptation. Oh fuck! Oh, this is some SJW tokenism garbage and, and stuff like that. And it's yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'll say though. I'll say though. Sometimes these companies do kind of do that just because oh, we need a black character in there. Where, yeah, yeah. They know, fill a quota. Just, yeah, they, they don't have. Yeah. yeah, they don't really build up the character, or you know, actually, it's not authentic. You know, it's just there to 
drive up a market and you know satisfy these people oh, yeah. oh, oh we did this you know we're progressive <laughs> just to say that yeah, so, I, yeah. I agree with that I, yeah um but yeah ultimately man like art is political it'll always be political because it's just uh, it's like a, an expression of the art, uh, artist or author or yeah. i would say whatever. you just have to be careful how to how you portray politics and art because you you can't be too cliche about it or too you know too yeah. too front of yeah. your face you just got to be very you know very careful with how you deliver it yes it's got to be, be, be a balance and uh you don't want to bash people over the head uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's uh, music, uh, uh, authorship, like writing books, uh, screenplays, whatever, like it is definitely you gotta you gotta walk a tightrope. Um, but you know we've we've seen some of the greatest works of art um, that that most people enjoy. Uh, uh, oftentimes they are political. It's just in in a less obvious way. It's a lot more subtle. It's a lot more profound. And uh, yeah, man, I, I I like that. And even if even if it's political in the sense that I might not uh, agree with, I I can I can appreciate different different perspectives. But um, and now speaking on different perspectives and politics, hey, I think this is one of our better sub uh, uh segues, bro. Episode six, Obama, yeah. you know the the former president. That's political as you can get, right? Criticizes hip hop. Hip hop was a big uh topic in this episode. So like, we we're, we're about to bridge it together. So it says, Obama criticizes hip-hop in an interview for The Atlantic. He says, quote, I have to remind myself that if you listen to rap music, it's all about the bling, the women, the money. A lot of rap videos are using the same measures of what it means to be successful as Donald Trump. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> man. Hey, man, shout out, shout out, shout out uh, uh, Obama, man. Shout out, shout out Obama. Um, shout out to the fact that he does put out play like uh, his playlist. Yeah. Uh, annually, I believe. And, he and, also has you know, movie movie lists too, and uh, he has good taste, man. Not gonna lie, he definitely has good taste. Yeah, yeah. You know, he listens to the Kendricks, and he weighs in. Like I remember, he was uh, asked a, a pop culture question on, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? Uh, what would you rather have? That type of question scheme, and it was like Drake or Kendrick Lamar, and Obama said Kendrick, and that got to Drake. Uh, uh, Drake uh, said in a song called um, "Summer 16," he was like, uh, "Tell Obama that my, tell Obama that my verses are just like the whips, whips that they, fuck, my bad, Drake, I'm butchering your shit." He said, <laughs> "Tell Obama, tell Obama that my verses are like the whips that he drives; they're bulletproof." And that was in response to Obama saying, "Oh, Kendrick all day, Kendrick, you know, Kendrick over Drake." So my point is saying that is even Obama that that quote that I'm about to like you know break down a little bit, um, it. That quote taken out of context and by itself, you might think, oh, man, Obama is, is um, you know, having a stereotypical outsider looking in uh, perspective on hip hop. But that's not necessarily true. He listens to hip hop. He listens to, to the Kendricks and the Coles, I, I believe. And, um, yeah, he keeps his ear to the streets uh, for, for, for an older man uh, such as himself, for an OG. But uh, going to the quote. I have to remind myself that if you listen to rap music, it's all about the bling, the women, the money. Look. That element is there. It's been there for a very long time, twerking in videos, uh, uh, jewelry. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely yeah. a big I think he should have said, reiterated a little better. I think he should have said, you know, some rap music, because, you know, he shouldn't just say rap music. Because, you know, not every rap music has that. Because now it's, uh, rap music is so, nowadays it's just so broad. So it's hard to, 
just put it into one one category yeah. you know too many it's too many uh it's too many sub genres um and that's why i appreciate people like kendrick lamar and j cole existing bro like kendrick and j cole are like the top selling artists in hip-hop right now they're to me they're at the tip of the pyramid and j cole doesn't wear jewelry like that and uh kendrick lamar has made two songs uh, one some some underrated records called vanity slave where he talks about setting his wardrobe on fire like and and having this inner conflict of like wanting to stay true and conscious but also wanting to like flex a little bit you know with jewelry cars clothes and all that like he's he's talked about that in a, 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 a in an amazing way with the ma- amazing lyricism and production that's why Kendrick Lamar's top five uh that are alive for me personally but obviously somebody may say well Kendrick and J. Cole they're outliers they're, they're outliers but like you just said Monty hip-hop is way too broad because there's a million other uh lyrical artists where that came from now if we're talking about i don't know music that dominates the radio uh or, or like the babies the little babies or whatever but damn little baby is starting to make conscious music i mean he made the he made the black lives matter anthem th- uh this year so yeah um yes he does wear jewelry and yes he might rap about some stereotypical things uh i can't recall if there's ever been women twerking in little baby's videos but um i don't know man it's uh I think I think Obama he might be doing hip hop a dis a, a disservice. But uh, I do get his take though, because you know it's still the most the you know the popular music videos or the or the songs still kind of portray those things that he's talking about the bling, the women, the money. You know, that's true. That's true. But I also want to talk about the rise of consciousness when it comes to like again the little babies. Like little baby is a self-professed student of the game. He went on Joe Button and he talked about how he wants to be somebody special in hip-hop history. That's why he made the Black Lives Matter anthem. And uh, and, and it ain't just like a one-song thing. Like, if you listen to certain features, he's talking about real... There's real substance in what he's rapping about. It's not just about Drew or whatever. And there's been growth with that. Uh, Another person, 21 Savage. 21 Savage talked about in 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 an interview uh, how he put less focus and priority on buying chains and jewelry and, and investing in real estate and land and trying to spread that message. Matter of fact, I think he stopped, stopped wearing jewelry for a good amount of time. I don't know if he still uh, uh, kept up with that. I, I did see his new video running, but I was more so focused on the fact that he brought a Grammy award to the hood and passed it around to like strippers, homeless people, uh, 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 presumably drug addicts, whatever, whatever. Um, but there is a, Consciousness is becoming a lot more, a lot more um, celebrated. Uh, Twenty One Savage of all people. Now, does that translate into Twenty One Savage's music? Uh, I don't. I haven't listened to his catalog lately, but I guess, I guess Twenty One Savage is pretty, I guess, stereotypical in some certain things that he raps about. Um, but I don't know, man. I think, I think rap's in a great place. If ninety, if the nineties were to go, and, and people are gonna hate me for saying this, if nineties was the golden age. The, the 2010s were, was the platinum age. The 2020s and beyond is the platinum age just because of the sheer amount of, 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 of options. But yeah, he did say a lot of rap videos are using the same measures of what it means to be successful as Donald Trump. That is a fact. That's a fact. I can't say nothing to that. A lot of rap, yeah, because yeah. And that, that's why before Donald Trump was political, a lot of rappers loved Donald Trump. He was, a, he was an aspirational figure for a lot of rappers, Donald Trump was. Um, and it was until Donald Trump became political when people were like, oh, shit, let me let me fall back a little bit. 
But I mean, even now with this past, this past campaign cycle, you saw rappers starting to gravitate to him again, like getting over that fact. Some of them, definitely not majority, yeah. definitely not majority. But Snoop Dogg used to admire Trump a lot, uh, from what I understand. And then obviously he became one of Trump's bigger uh, enemies. I remember he put out a controversial video uh, that had a uh, a likeness of him shooting a gun at 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 a person. Uh, uh, that looks like Donald Trump or wore, wore Donald Trump mask or something, something to that yeah. effect. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> but your point, though, yeah, Donald Trump was. Uh, he, he, I think uh, there's a compilation video of every time Trump was in a you know song lyric, and he was in a lot, a lot, a lot of song lyrics before, before kind of 2016. And you know, I, I guess it also speaks to the tide that you're talking about, the change in tide. Where, yeah, you know, it's getting more conscious. So that definitely. I feel like, you know, Trump definitely did some shit for hip hop. I feel like, you know, kind of showed, you know, we, we got to be more a little different, not just Trump, you know, all the shit that's going on in the world. So that definitely has yeah. to do, do do a lot with that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. And uh, I think after Trump's, you know, past like uh, four years or whatever, it's kind of put out there to like, yo, there's, there has to be something more to, to, to life than just money, access to women, grabbing women by the pussies, if you will. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, you know, people are hungry for substance as well. And I think that's why, even though there a lot of the popular rap songs that you hear on the radio and radios down there, like, it's, it's, it's like dinosaur technology now, bro. So yeah. like, I'm not even really focus on the radio, but um, if you look at YouTube, like I said, man, like anything you want, is there and a lot of different subcategories are, are trending in the tens of millions of views so uh yeah man ultimately i get obama's criticism i'm, I'm I, I just love hip-hop so much so i'm trying to find a way to like box uh, box with what he said but ultimately i definitely understand what, what he's saying and uh I, I don't take it uh take any offense to it despite the fact that you know i love hip-hop hip-hop is it's something that saved my life and helped me with depression and all of that but um yeah man i think uh I think that kind of wraps up the uh, the political, uh, the politics and and the hip hop segment of our, of our, yeah. uh, our podcast episode. Well, wait, wait, wait. Our what we do in these uh, episodes, guys. If you are, uh, if you guys notice that at the end of the episodes, we talk about what we've been watching, almost as like a uh, a way to like you know put other people on to things that might interest them. You know, uh, that's one of my favorite things about the podcast. Uh, is just highlighting things that um that is dope. It might be actually underrated. Um, so with that being said, Monty, what what have, what have you been on? Well, you know, the past weekend I kind of got to check out this another Netflix show. I know it's like uh, Netflix always putting out heat, so I got to check them out. You know, and uh, you know, initially I wasn't gonna check this show out because it, it doesn't really look like something that I would be interested in. But I just kept hearing too much praise about it, so. So yeah. it's called the Queen's Gambit. It's about this girl, you know, this young girl who, who started learning chess at a at an orphanage, and somebody, you know, like the janitor, taught her how to play chess, and with that, and she, she it just shows her journey how she became one of the one of the biggest chess master or the grandmaster through throughout her time as uh, in these tournaments, and I was I was just surprised, man, how good this show is because. You know, when when a show that you know, like it's on a subject that you have kind of not not much interest in, and it can really 
hook you and gravitate you and you just you just get lost in it then you know it's a good show you know it's like and because i'm not i'm not i don't i don't even know how to play chess man but with yeah. this show i was like damn man i, I might have to start playing because it seems like a, it's, it seems like a crazy crazy game of just who it just seems like one of the best games ever made kind of like a strategic damn. way and it's damn. it's pretty insane and you know, you see, you see her journey, like her struggles, because she mm-hmm. also has a struggle in the, in that show with her drinking problem, drug problem. Because uh, one of the one of the quotes from this show, uh, like the janitor who was teaching her, he he, he was uh, he was kind of telling her when she was when, when he when he saw that she might be a genius when it comes to chess. He was like, you know, with your genius comes uh, struggles and sacrifices. So what is it? What is it going to be your sacrifice? So you know how a lot of genius have this type of one one thing that, you know, that kind of comes with it like a like a burden. So her yep. burden was pretty much uh, her drug problem. Her, you know, she just couldn't get away from the drugs, and it it kind of that you know shows you how she evolved through that. You know how she how she fought through that, and you know still still became one of the one of the best chess chess players in the world. And yeah, I really thought it was like a actually. A real story, but it's really not. It's based on a like a fictional book, and it really seemed like it was a, actually, you know, like a real based on a true story. But damn, it was, so it was a good like ass show, man. Yeah, yeah, it was realistic, man. Yeah. Um, yeah also, was- the actress, man. She, the actress is fucking. She killed it, man. She's amazing, and she, she's pretty as hell. <laughs> not to get on my thirst trap, man, but she, she, <laughs> she pretty as hell, man. So that that definitely actually more, you know, kind of got me to watch it too, because she's like a great actress and. He's yeah. really, really good looking, man. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, out, man. Another show you gotta add to your list, probably. Bro, I know Monty. Like, hey guys, like Monty's been recommending me so much, uh, uh, presumably dope shit that I just simply haven't gotten to. Uh, shame on me for that. I, uh, I gotta, I gotta start knocking them out because the recommendations that Monty has given me in the past that uh, he's never led me wrong. I've never watched something that Monty recommended, whether it's an artist. Whether it's a YouTube video, I've never like walked away from it thinking like, "What the fuck was Monty thinking?" Like that was horrible. <laughs> that was trash. Like nah. So I got I gotta, uh, I gotta get on it, man. I gotta get on it. Um, but with that being said, Monty, that that that's 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 super dope. What I've been um, what I've been watching is, well, this <laughs> on such a like great note. It, it can still be a great note. It's more so interesting, right? So I don't know if you guys know um, that, let's say um, you guys listen to a lot of King Von, a lot of Mo3, a lot of XXXTentacion, a lot of Juice World, a lot of Nipsey Hussle. I don't know if you guys know notice, but YouTube, the YouTube algorithm, there seems to be like this phenomenon where when an artist passes away, suddenly all these interviews, lyric breakdowns, uh, trailers, like just all types of things that have to do with, with somebody that's passed just pops up. Like you can't escape it if you listen to it once or whatever or or showed any like the slightest interest in that artist at one point in like uh whenever uh youtube would just like inundate your your feed with with uh everything that has to do with that artist that uh uh that person that passed away no matter who it is it seems like um and that's not always a bad thing right like obviously like the hardcore fans of of, of certain artists or certain actors that that pass away they're going to probably um it might add to their grief maybe they need time away from the computer but um there are also like these really cool inspirational videos 
where like there are compilations of all these great quotes uh, mixed with like good video editing and you watch the video and you feel like motivated and you feel like, oh, that like their legacy lives on. For instance, Nipsey Hussle. There's like a lot of uh, Nipsey Hussle compilations of his interviews because he's always dropped jewels, especially the ones before he got famous when he was when he was in the hood where he was saying stuff like, oh, you thought I was just a regular crip, huh? You thought I, you thought I was just a, a no good hoodlum with no sense in my uh, 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 no head on my shoulders. You know, that 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 gave me chills. That, that gave me chills. Um, Kobe Bryant, the Kobe Bryant, Monty, have you ever seen a Kobe Bryant um, like motivational video, bro? Oh yeah, I think I come across a lot of them, especially There's, especially after his passing, man. It's yeah, it's, it, it, it's it's even more effective when you know when somebody's passed away and you see all the inspirational takes that they had, bro. And, uh, you know, it's it's very it, it's different. Exactly. All I know is if somebody's struggling with like I don't know um laziness, uh, motivation or whatever, like a Kobe Bryant compilation video, motivational video, uh, will do it for you. Uh, not only his sheer brilliance on the court, but just like the jewels that he would drop off the court and just how obsessive he was about his craft. And I, I believe like, I believe people should go on a quest to find whatever that, that craft. I believe everybody should like have something that they can obsess over. Uh, maybe not to the degree Kobe Bryant did, right? Because yeah. Kobe it's Bryant that Mamba is, mentality, man. I think that's yeah. uh, one of his uh, nicknames or one of the sayings that he popularized. Yeah, and so even though I don't think it's probably possible for most people to work it, work as hard as Kobe, it should definitely like light a fire under your ass. Like, man, what am I doing? So, um, yeah, that's that's you know, I, I like I'm on YouTube a lot. Um, I watch a lot of content, but that's just something that 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 I just keep seeing. You know, just uh, King Von uh, breakdowns, a King Von like Welcome to My Block mini mini documentary where he goes to O Block and he starts talking about all the things he wanted to do for Chicago. Uh, it was the most serious, serious version of King Von I had ever seen. If you guys want to check it out, it's called Welcome to Old Black by Karen, by Karen Civil. Um, and King Von just basically talks about his ambitions and, and, and what he wants to ultimately do, the positive changes he wants to make in his, in his, in his that's hood. That's sad, you know, that's sad seeing that probably now, because uh, you oh, yeah, you're hearing talk about what he wants to do, but he can't really, can't really do it, now. right? You can't really do it, but... But you it's know. also inspirational in a way because uh, if somebody sees that and they could pick up the pieces and, you know, actually make a difference. That's like the exactly. inspirational thing exactly. that, they, that they could take from that. Yeah, man. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's just what I've been watching, guys. Like, if um, just know that there's a lot of, like, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, uh, clickbait titles on YouTube and, and low-effort content, but there are also great video editors that, like, do their uh give their like best effort in trying to like put together a a, a a beloved artist actor whoever whoever it is that you might might you might miss there are a lot of like video editors out there that do a hell of a job putting together like a beautiful video you can share it might it might pull on your heartstrings you might shed a couple of tears or whatever but like i think there's catharsis in that i think there's something special in that um i know somebody that 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 looks at this one singular Kobe Bryant motivational video every morning. And he says, it just, it just sets his, it just sets his day right. Like no matter what, it just starts him off on the right foot. He always wakes up on the uh, right side of the bed, if you will. So um, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much that. Yeah. That's pretty much that. 
Hey man, um, the YouTube algorithm uh, or the or the recommended section is undefeated, man. I know, I, I you know YouTube has its problems, and I actually don't have the recommended section anymore because I used to get lost in it, man. I used to get lost in the deep, so I had to take it away. Rabbit holes, bro. Yeah. Rabbit holes exist but, dog, on YouTube. Yeah, you that's how I that's how I got into me, a lot of music, man. So much music recommendation was through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, so you definitely keep your ears to the street. So you would say you the YouTube recommended algorithm thing that that like how much does that make up for like your discovery of new talent? Man, it was probably a lot, probably like 70, 70, 80 <laughs> percent. Now, now I, I definitely realize I'm not finding as many new artists because probably I'm not looking as much or the YouTube right. section is not there. But I don't know. I feel like the benefit of that is better because. The rabbit holes are crazy, man. Once you get in it, and you get yeah. you get lost in that in that uh, time frame, and you you lose track of time. It's crazy. Yeah, bro. And it's crazy to think that the YouTube algorithm is literally literally artificial intelligence, and it's gotten smarter. Because if you go yeah. back years, there was there was a time where YouTube would would seemingly miss more than hit with its recommendations. There were a lot of complaints, like why is YouTube recommending me blah 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 blah, blah video, but now. I just it also a has a darker side, man, because, you know, a lot of, uh, I, I think I've seen a lot of videos recently where, you know, people talked about how they got lost in that rabbit hole and fell into a lot of dangerous ideas and ideologies because oh, you know, yeah. a lot of the, uh, I think, alt-right, you know, came from that, actually, the YouTube yeah. recommended section. Yep, yep. People that don't, that, that might not have a healthy uh, uh, social life outside of their house or whatever, you know, shut-ins. Uh, uh, there are a lot of, I think loners are very vulnerable to, to certain, um, uh, YouTube rabbit holes. So, uh, I don't know guys, my mom always said, uh, you know, be cognizant of what, what you feed your spirit and, um, and what you feed your mind or whatever, because there is, yeah, like my Monty said, there are the darker rabbit holes. And, uh, it's funny because we were talking about conspiracies like, uh, uh, earlier, but I'm not saying this, A, I'm not saying this is a conspiracy and B, there's actual studies. There's studies on like uh uh how 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 uh, a lot of young men uh were getting radicalized and how a few of them found their way back on you know back to the to to the I don't know normie side or whatever yeah um, yeah so the positive uh, side to it is like now there's the other side to it where people kind of get de radicalized because I think YouTube also had to do with that because they kind of they kind of you know, they kind of, if you watch one video of just what well, this one person talking about, you know, probably just anti-SJW stuff, but it's not as too bad. But then yeah. they start rec recommending more extreme side of things and it just takes you like, yeah. a, it's like levels pretty much. So YouTube was definitely at fault for that, but I think they kind of cleaned up a little bit. But yeah. I know, I know, <laughs> I know that a lot of these right-wing media people that they say they're being censored because you know youtube doesn't recommend them anymore but i know i don't know man there's yeah. definitely both sides to it so it's hard to hard to judge if it's like yeah. doing so good or bad it, right now right right so pretty much just be cognizant and uh um be careful be careful with uh what you're feed, you know feeding your mind dog uh, because uh the mind is a, a, a powerful place that's a cliche but you know cliche the cliche for a reason and uh you know, don't 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 let certain uh, influencers infiltrate your mind and have you think in a uh, in an unhealthy way because that's how a lot of people like Candace Owens thrives. They really have, you know, people thinking like, oh my God, 
my mom, my dad's a Democrat, so they're on the plantation. I'm the freed one. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that. It's just it's insane, man. But um, I would say it's more older people who their their audiences because you know, they 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 probably look up uh, news stories related to them and they they find these people. I think most most of the young people nowadays, yeah. I feel like they're more they're more on the left side of things, but. There's yeah, it also the, like that. yeah. It doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like that. Uh, and, you know, of course, there's the vocal minority youth that makes it seem bigger than what it might be. But, yeah, I would say that uh, it does seem like on the right side of things that uh, the age is trend like older or whatever. Um, yeah, man. But with that being said, guys, um, yo, Monty, this is episode six, bro. I don't know how I did it. I've been up for like 24 hours, guys. So if I rambled or stumbled a little bit, please bear with me. But uh, I, I just, I really wanted to do this, um, you know, Tuesdays, the Great Cave. This, you know, becoming something very special. Uh, and uh, yeah, Monty, I'm glad we were able to knock it out. Yeah, man, the dedication, man. Up for like 20, 30 hours, but still pull, pulling out episodes. Hell yeah, man. Give us our goddamn credit. No, I'm just <laughs> playing, I'm just playing. Play All right, yeah. well, uh, hey guys, take care and uh, see you next week. Yeah.